Good morning. Please be seated. Let me start with prayer. Lord, I have in my notes to remind myself to uh, just invite the Holy Spirit to come into this place. And uh, I'm just blown away that, and just reminded that through the service, either Kyle, who basically stole the message, or worship, that just continues to point, you're already here. Um, we are just joining you. You've been waiting here for us all morning, and you are excited for us to be here with you. Uh, so Lord, as we start today's message, I pray that you would uh, bring the hearts into this room, that you would uh, bring a people, uh, people's attention uh, to the message that you have for them. So Lord, I pray that you would just open your word now and, and speak to our hearts. Um, amen. Thank you, guys. So, I do not get to preach very often, so if I make mistakes, I, I apologize in advance. But uh, my name is Daniel, and I lead the family ministry here at Cornerstone, which is a huge privilege, but as Kyle mentioned, it's, it's extremely humbling as well. Uh, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. That's what we're going to be reading today. Um, Starting in verse 8, Romans is just right of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you pass Acts, Acts is a fairly big book. If you do not have a Bible, raise your hand. We will, put, we will give one to you. Uh, okay, so chapter 10, verse 8 says, But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if we confess with your... With a, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him uh, in whom they have not believed? And how are they not, uh, to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Hey, Eric and Josh, can I get you guys to come up? So I believe that today's message is for 100% of us, from, from child to me, all right? Uh, and to illustrate that, I have two sets of cups up here. So we have red cups and white cups, and I've already told these guys that they have 60 seconds to build the tallest tower that they can build. They've got 60 seconds to do it. Uh, the only difference is at the end of this build, after the end of this 60 seconds, I'm going to push all the red cups off the table. Ready, set, go. Okay, we're at 20 seconds. Eric, I didn't tell you this beforehand, but I'm going to cut you off early at 30 seconds. So good, good luck with that. Oh, that's not bad. All right, you're done, dude. Not bad. 
Dang, Josh, that looks good. In it to win it. Oh, you better hurry up. You got 10 seconds left, man. Five, four, three, two, one. Good job. We're all done. I didn't even have to do it. Okay, so 60 seconds is up. I'm going to push these off the table. All of these off. And you didn't actually build with any of those. So at the end of 60 seconds, who's, who actually did more of the building? Eric did, right? Okay, because in the end of 60 seconds, the only thing that actually really mattered was the small cups. It was the small things that we were... It was easy to build something much bigger and taller with, with the bigger red cups, right? But it was foolishness. Why would you invest in something that's all going to go away, right? In the end, this is the only thing that's going to left standing. So if you're going to build a structure that's going to stand, be wise, right? Okay, so... Thanks, guys. Uh, you guys can leave them there. I'll pick them up after service. The reason I used this illustration is because I wanted to level the playing field. I wanted all of us to realize that we are, this, this is all of us, okay? This isn't just the people that are brand new Christians or not Christians yet or don't believe in Jesus. This is all of us. This is every single one of us. If, if you aren't Jesus, then you have work to do, okay? So uh, D.L. Moody said it like this. The world has yet to see what God can do through one man fully consecrated to him. Consecrated just means to be set aside uh, and dedicated for a holy purpose. None of us fully dedicate our lives to the holy purpose. We all have red cups that distract us uh, from engaging in the call. So as we talk about today, engaging the call, uh, my question is to you, what is your hurdle? What slows you down or what gets in the way of keeping you from building with the things that matter? So point number one, Maybe you've never heard the call. Maybe your hurdle is that you've never heard the call. It's hard to engage in the call if you've never heard the call, right? So today, we're going to start with making sure that you've heard the call, all right? So again, we're going we're to get back to Scripture. We're going to start in verse 8, but this time we're going to move a little bit slower, okay? Verse 8, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Why do we have to be saved? In Romans chapter 3, so a couple chapters earlier, Paul tells us, Romans uh, chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all separated ourselves from a perfect and holy triune God. All of us have done that, okay? Without exception. A God that's perfect and has created us on purpose for, to love us. and uh, um, We have stepped away from that by sinning. So kids... What is sin? Sin is anything we think, say, or do that doesn't please God. It can be as simple as a, as a, as a thought that doesn't please God. You've separated yourself from him with sin. Okay? And for adults, the standard is not the worst guy in the room. The standard is not the person sitting next to you. We're very good at going, well, I'm a pretty good person, uh, because at least I'm not that guy. 
right? I, I've never been to prison. I've never done, you know, so I, I mean, if, you, if all things being equal, if we, if we weigh them out, my good things pretty much outweigh my bad things. That's not how it works. If you've sinned, you've separated yourself from the holy God. And we know none of us are perfect. None of us are Jesus. All of us need to be saved by him. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but God's free gift is to, uh, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. To receive God's free gift of grace is to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And that right here in Romans, it says, and you will be saved. It's as easy as it, as it gets. You are incredibly important to your creator because he created you. He designed you. He built you. I won't belabor the point, but this is a 66-book love letter that was written for you. Okay, From the beginning of time, the Old Testament points towards a Savior, a promise of a Savior, over and over and over again. And the New Testament is all about how Jesus fulfilled that and our response to that. Okay, But ultimately, the, pr- the, the proof that we have that God loves us is that he sent his only son to die for us so that we wouldn't have to. The problem with our church culture today, and I'm going to tip over the ivory tower here. The problem with our church culture today is that we've made understanding this the thing. We stand in the pulpit and we tell you that this is all you need is to understand this. Um, Jesus' command to his disciples was not be saved. When he was here with his disciples, it was believe. It was believe in the things that I am doing. Look at the works that I, I am the promised Messiah, the Savior that you are, the long-awaited Savior that's come. I'm here. But after he fulfilled what he came to do, fulfill Scripture, uh, miracles, he, he, was, he died, he paid for our sins, and then he rose from the, from the dead, he beat death, and then he went to go prepare a place for us in heaven. His command... After he, after he had come to do it, he died on the cross, his command to his disciples was believe, now go and make disciples. It was not be saved. It's great if you believe and you're saved. That's awesome. But salvation is not a gold star that we get to put on our lapel and say, look, I'm part of the club. That's what we've made Christianity to be. Christianity is much more an ambassador's badge that we get that comes with a full suit of armor. The gospel is not an invitation. It's an announcement. And we're going to see that more in Scripture today. I love the invocation this morning. Uh, if you missed it, I'm going to repeat it. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. It says, if you understand that you've been reconciled to God, if you, if you understand that you sinned, you separated yourself from, from, from the Lord, and, and you're, Lord, I'm sorry. I understand that I need a Savior. I need to be saved. I need to be reconciled. I need to reconcile my relationship with you. I need to get right with you, and the only way to do that is to believe in the sacrifice of your son. If you do that, that's awesome. You've been reconciled. But if you understand that, verse 18 says that you have been called to the ministry of reconciliation, not pastor. That's Christian. All of us, 
100% of us have been called to the ministry of reconciliation. Okay? If Jesus is your Savior, you have been called to the ministry of reconciliation. If you have not heard that call before this morning, I implore you to talk to one. We're going to take communion at the end of service. Tell the people that are offering that you want to make that decision, that you want to confess with your mouth, that you want, that you want to make that change, that, you, want, that you, you know that you need a Savior. Tell them they will pray with you, they will rejoice with you, and welcome you into the family of God. And then they're going to put you on mission. So point number two, you've heard the call. All of us in this room have heard the call. I've been praying for you all week. So let's look at some of the hurdles that might slow us down from engaging in the call. So point number two should be blank. It says, maybe you don't blank. So if you're feeling a conviction of the Holy Spirit right now, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. I want you to fill out that blank with what yours is. Hopefully we'll hit it. Okay, so Romans 10. We're going to continue reading Scripture. Romans 10, verse 11. says, For the Scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Maybe your blank is confidence. Maybe it says, Maybe you don't have enough confidence. Maybe you're scared. Um, it, maybe it's, it's difficult. You have truth. Okay? You have it. It's, they may mock you, curse you, even beat you for proclaiming the truth, but you will not be put to shame because in the end, the truth that you have will not let you down. And if you have truth, what are you really afraid of? Um, if somebody's going to jump off a cliff, because they think they can fly. Is it loving for me to tolerate that action? If I'm not on the edge going, dude, I promise you, you cannot fly. I promise you, let's look at the mathematics in this. Let's look at gravity, right? They may not like what I'm trying to tell them. They may not like that. They may beat me for it. But if I stand by and watch them jump, you cannot call that love. You can't. Being brave enough to say, dude, let's, let's have a conversation. Let's start with a stare. Jump off and show me that you can fly first. Let's start there. But the difference is I'm starting a conversation and showing them that they're, they're important to me, right? Begging and pleading them to step off of a cliff face, right? And here's the other thing. God will always, will 100% of the time, God will work outside your comfort zone. And he's done that on purpose so that you can't claim any of it. If you feel inadequate, you're in the right place. Because we, we looked at this last week. If you are weak, then God can be everything. But if you can be anything, what's God? Right? The enemy will always tell you to keep your mouth shut. And your flesh will want to listen to him. Your flesh will tell you, right, no, I, I, what, what are the chances I was supposed to really talk to that guy or ask him if I, I should be praying for him? That's weird. And I'm in Starbucks, right? Ask Pete about his testimony regarding that exactly. 
So let's continue with God's word. Romans 10, verses 12 and 13. For there is now no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Maybe your blank is filled with that you don't think that you're worthy. Maybe you feel like um, you're not qualified. You don't know enough. Maybe you, f- maybe you feel like the person that God's telling you to go talk to today isn't worthy of his grace. E that family member that just rails against your personality, right? Or that coworker that you're like, dude, I did, Lord, that guy is a labor of love, right? And then God goes, hey, I want you to be the guy to go, go witness to him. And you're like, man, come on. Really? I can't stand that guy. I want you to, if, that, if there's somebody, there's a name in your head right now, I want you to remember that all of us stood apart from Christ. All of us. 100% of us, when God decided to send his son for us, decided to love us anyway, we all stood apart from him. That's John uh, 8, 36. Um, There is no prejudice. Sin affects us all, and Christ's sacrifice was sufficient for all. If you have sin in your past that keeps you from engaging in the call, don't. Don't do that. If guilt is holding you back, all of us have sinned. But Christ's sacrifice was sufficient for all. Do not listen to the enemy when he says, who are you to speak God's name? Don't do it. I'm a designer by trade. I brand and I market. Basically what I do is build. Design just means to put thought and reason behind your construction. That's design. Design, here's the kicker with design, and I tell my students this all the time, design always implies purpose. There's never been anything built that didn't have a meaning. If you look at yourself, you, it's overwhelmingly evident that you have been designed, which implies that you have purpose. But here's the other thing, your story, your background, the thing that's also been designed by him, which means he intends to use it. The things that you carry, the things, your past, that God used to shape you into the warrior that you are, he intends to use. So when the enemy throws you a curveball and tells you you're not worthy, remind him of where his future is and that God has built you to be on mission. So let's continue to read Romans 10. Let's look at verse 14 now. It says, How then... Will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Maybe you don't have enough time. Maybe that what you filled in there is, Lord, I'm, I'm busy. I, I run a company. Listen, Mr. Important Business Person. I'm singling you out. God knows how busy you are, and he knows your responsibilities. Because here's the thing. Uh, I know even in this, when we look at the cups, some of us have red cups that we can't get rid of, right? Like our, our families have to eat. How do we do that, right? How do we, if, if our time is really full with responsibilities that God has given us, how do we figure it, like how am I supposed to be about them engaging the call? When Lord, you filled up every minute of every day. I've been there. I've been there in the past. I was waking up at five in the morning, driving 35 miles. I get it. And I was really frustrated with the Lord. He used that time to pour into me. The time, like the, the travel time was the prayer time, the time that God was like, dude, you've got so much to be, 
to be learning. You need to hang out with me. The things that God's put in your life, he's, he is using and he intends to. But you're not alone. I believe that if you have red cups that can't be removed, you can leverage them to either support the white cups or you can transform them to be white cups. Run your business like a ministry. Run it like a ministry, which means the enemy is not going to like what you do. Your business is going to struggle. The enemy does not want your business to be a light. See the people, if you're a manager of people, see your employees or the people you manage as personal responsibility to introduce them to the Lord. The other part of this is we are very good at elevating the importance of the red cup. There's a lot of things that we say, Lord, you've given it to me, and I, and I just can't get rid of it. Seek that out. Really review that. Because the other part of this is urgency. Okay? The riches that the Lord is bestowing on all who believe are not going to be the same. It's going to be a response. The rewards that you... you it's, these white cups, if at the end Josh comes into heaven because he believes in Jesus and he goes, hey, I wore my lapel pin, I'm saved. And God goes, awesome, welcome to heaven. And he's like, what about my duties? You, you, don't, you don't got any. But with the wall, small white cups that Eric was diligent to stack, I'm going to go, look what you did with a little. Dude, I'm going to put you in charge of much. <clears throat> But I don't believe that selfishness should be our motivation. Yes, your, your white cups hang in the balance on your response to the Lord today. They do. But much more importantly, someone's eternity could hang in the balance. Uh, I implore you to listen. If you're not, pay attention. If you're not listening, listen right now. If this is the only thing you get from today's service, I want you to hear this. My best friend killed himself because of his lifestyle. Uh, and I thank God just about every day that I took the time to share the gospel with him in word and in deed. <clears throat> and I still struggle with guilt that I didn't do enough. That I didn't scream at him, get off the cliff. You cannot fly. You don't know when time is going to run out. Eric had no idea that he was going to have 30 seconds. We always think we have 90 years. What if this was your last hour? Would you go into heaven going, Lord, that's all I, that's all I got. That's all I did. I, I, I am convinced 100% of us are going to get into the forever and go, man, we're going to look back and go, what if I didn't have so much fear? What if I had just trusted the things that he told me to do? What if I had just joined God one more, one more time? Not just for you, but for the people. Their eternity could hang in the balance. And finally, last, my, my last point here. Let's continue reading in verse 15 and 17. And now, how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he, he has heard from us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. 
My point number three is get the proper perspective, okay? Maybe your hurdle is that you need to get the proper perspective on life. But why the reference to beautiful feet here? It seems kind of out of place in, the, in this scripture. So um, Paul is qu- quoting Old Testament scripture from Isaiah 52. And it's also cross-referenced in Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, it does not mean that if you've got busted feet like Chad Ryan or hammer toes like Josh Edwards, that you're going to have beautiful feet now. It's not what it means. I thought at first that's what it was going to mean, but that's not what it means. Like, hey, I don't care how, how busted his feet are if he's bringing me good news. That's, that's really shallow, and that's not what this means. What, what Paul is pointing out, he's quoting the peace publishers. Okay? When, when Israel was in exile, there, were, there was a remnant that was left in Israel, a, a broken people that were amongst the rubble, totally desolate, they still had watchmen. Those watchmen were told in Scripture through Isaiah to keep their eyes on the hill and wait for the, wait for the, the good news to come. The peace publishers to come and say, hey, we're no longer at war. The king has made peace. You're going to be restored. That was a hard trek for sure, and their feet, I'm sure, were busted. But more importantly, it's about the messengers that were taking the message They were returning home to tell their people, restoration is at hand. Peace is here. The fact that they were able to trek the mountains and bring the good news was an awesome thing for them. We are those people. We are to be those feet. And then finally, it says, For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? He's also quoting um, Isaiah 53, a prophecy that John 12 tells us. Jesus fulfilled when the people saw his miracles and heard his testimony, and they chose not to believe. They responded in a way that was unbelief. They did not believe in him. That he, and it was... It was told, it was given us in, in, in prophecy that Jesus would fulfill that. And so it has. Not everyone is going to respond to this message. Not everyone is going to respond to the, hey, you, you are, your life is in ruin, but peace is here. Jesus made a way for you to be reconciled to the, to the living God. A lot of people are going to go, yeah, but you know what? I kind of like being my own God. I don't need restoration. And shame on you for telling me that I need restoration because I kind of like my lifestyle. It's not something we have to go do. It's something we get to go do. But not everyone's going to respond to this message. But don't let that keep you from finding those that want restoration. Okay? As much as there's an opposition for you to, and a reason not to, to engage in the call, there are those that want restoration. Listen to that voice when the Holy Spirit says, Go, walk in this way because I have somebody for you to meet. Be brave. Join God in the process. Really quickly, and in closing, I'm going to read Ephesians 6.15. You don't have to turn there, just listen. Uh, Remember that ambassador's badge that comes with a full suit of armor that I was talking about? I'm going to read it right now. 
Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the, stu- the, sh- the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with the prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak." May we all have that conviction. The gospel is, a, is an announcement more than it is an invitation. But the cool part is he intends for us to be the message bearers. We get that privilege. So how do we do this? I'm going to reread chapter, uh, verse 8 again real quickly. It says, but what does it say? The word is near to you in your mouth and in your heart. First and foremost, if you want to be on mission, you've got to be in God's word every day. Because if you want to be telling people about your best friend, it's a lot easier when you're just telling them about the conversation you had with them that morning or that day. It's easy to talk about a relationship that you have, okay? Second, don't make it something it doesn't have to be. We as Christians work really hard to make evangelism about something that a very few number of us are actually going to have the opportunity to do. Um, God's already given you everything you need. The word is near you. And here's how. You don't have to be an expert at, at searching the scriptures. Because if you have been reconciled to Christ, you've got all the story you need. It's, it's very difficult to tell somebody, listen, you're going to go to hell unless you believe in Jesus. That is a true statement. It's a It's a true statement. But what our culture, the culture that we live here in America, what they hear is, you're going to go to hell unless you believe what I believe. And nobody's been argued into heaven. Although that's a true statement, and God may give you the platform to be able to say that, if he does, do it. But way more often, you're going to have the opportunity to say, I was a sinner headed for hell, and Jesus saved me. That's not an argument. That's a conversation. And you've got all the truth you need on who you were beforehand, before Jesus, the miracle that happened that is Jesus, and your life now. That's not an argument. That's a discussion. That's telling somebody, look, I used to stand on the ledge thinking I could fly. And then I jumped off a stair and realized I couldn't. Let me show you how that process works. Invite them into the process of a a relationship. Okay? All of us can do that. 100% of us have somebody in our sphere of influence that God intends for us to impact. I believe that. Really great ways to start conversation. How can I pray for you? I love doing that with my, with my friends in front of other friends that don't know. Because <laughs> I'm like, hey, Chad, how can I be praying for you? And the dude that doesn't know is like, uh, what? That is not normal conversation. And when you act like it is, they're like, man, I wish somebody would be praying for me. And when we took this to the street, nine out of ten people would be like, no, my life's good. I don't need prayer. But if you pushed, if you asked them a second time, I would say nine out of ten of those nine individuals, I don't even know if that math makes sense. (laughs) But I would say if you pushed, 
90% of the time, they would go, oh man, my whole life, my whole life's a mess. Dude, I got, I got a laundry list. What they want to know is that you really care. And I want to give you this. The power of, I don't know, but I'm going to find out for you. If you ever get into a situation where you don't know how to answer the question, be honest. Say, dude, that's a great question. I have no idea how to answer that. Can I get back to you? You're, engaged, you're, you're continuing the conversation of, you matter enough to me to continue this conversation. I'm going to be thinking about you. I'm going to be praying for you. And I'm going to help you get off the ledge. So I'll close with these words. Luke chapter 9.23 says, uh, Jesus said, and, and he said to all, this is Jesus, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And Luke 9, verse 62, if you're reading from the message, says, Jesus said, no procrastination, no backwards looks. You can't put God's kingdom off until tomorrow. Seize the day. If today's your last day, use one more, stack one more, one more white cup. If today's your last hour, spend it praying with people, asking how you can invest in God's kingdom for them. So let's pray. Lord, we all have red cups. But you've called all of us to the ministry of reconciliation. So Lord, I, I want to I pray right now for the ears to hear where you are at work and the eyes to see those that desire reconciliation in their life. And then, Lord, I pray for, for 100% of us to have the heart and the courage to act because somebody's forever could hang in the balance. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for being here in this room today. Uh, we thank you for, for eagerly waiting for us to come and be here with you. Thank you for being a father and a king that loves us. Amen.